Hi everyone, we're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1, or chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. Um, it's on page 801 of the Pew Bibles in front of you. Um, I'll give you a moment to open up. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Friends, why don't you welcome Ben up and I'll ask a couple of questions. Ben will be preaching, uh, I'm making up some extra questions, Ben, don't worry. Uh, First question is, uh, where do you normally go to church? What type of church is it? Um, so I go to a Korean, uh, an old Korean church. Um, it's called Antioch Presbyterian, uh, Antioch Sydney Presbyterian Church. Oh, where's it, where's that based? Uh, it's in Concord. We used to borrow Stratfield Girls High as our main church. Uh, church. Fantastic. So out of my SMBC and a Presbyterian as well. We're doing well tonight. <laughs> but by the way, uh, la- last Sunday night, Pastor David was preaching at the Hurstville Presbyterian Church. So it's a blessing we have to be able to go and preach and encourage other churches as well. So great to have you here tonight. Now, SNBC, uh, what year are you in? So currently I'm in year two. Okay, what course are you doing? And I'm studying a Bachelor's of Divinity. Okay, uh, so a three-year course? Yes, it's a three-year course, yeah. Great. Um, so if I were to ask you your favourite subject at college, don't say volleyball at lunchtime. Okay? Oh, no, no. That used to be mine, but... <laughs> Uh, my favourite church, uh, my favourite subject at, at college was um, church history. Actually, um, yeah, just seeing how um, our faith has progressed throughout his, uh, throughout history and how we came to be. Right. This morning, you shared a bit of a testimony about going on a, a mission trip to Lebanon. Yeah. And uh, working with Syrian refugees and so on. So my question is, I think you said that you went to college because God convicted you of the need to go and get trained and possibly go back. Tell yeah. us about. Wanting to go back to Lebanon? Yes, yeah, so I want to go back to Lebanon. Um, hopefully, after my uh, my uh, studying at SMBC, or uh, so that I could more mostly target and bring the good news of Jesus to the Syrian refugees. And hopefully, after the whole um, conflict and everything is resolved, I'll be able to move back into Syria with the Syrian refugees and help rebuild the country with Christ as the foundations. That's a big, that's a, a big, big mission, right? That's, so we praise God. We're going to pray for you and for others who are involved in that. Um, 
bunch of people here at church, gifted, talented, uh, many of them are young. Why would someone consider going to, say, SNBC or any Bible college to study? Well, going to any Bible college, um, not just SNBC or Mauling, um, it gets you... Uh, so it helps you develop a firmer theology, firmer belief, in, uh, and you get to find out where our traditions, traditions come from, why we do things, and uh, we get to, especially at SNBC, we get to talk with other denominations, <laughs> especially with Anglicans and the Baptists. I feel you, like have, a, you have an odd Baptist there, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I feel like a fish out of water. Most of them, <laughs> everybody else, uh, I'm a Prezi, so everybody else seems to be Anglican and Baptist. But yeah, you, yeah. Get to, you get to talk about our differences and see how we can communicate and work with each other and yeah, for, the, uh, for the kingdom of God as well. Okay, we won't tell about the open night coming up or anything, though. No, we'll just get to the word. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thanks for that. So hey guys, uh, it's an honour to be here, um, but before we get into our, our sermon, let's put our, our hands together and let, let us pray. Uh, Abba Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful day, um, this wonderful week, the start of this week that uh, we are called to this place to remember the King that, come, uh, that has come, uh, that came into Jerusalem to die for our sins. Lord, would you just help us as we open up the text today? Uh, so that and open up our hearts um, and help us to leave our hearts vulnerable before you and teach us and convict us and guide us through your Holy Spirit. Amen. So guys, uh, as I said, it's a wonderful, uh, it's a special privilege and an honour for me uh, to be here, for us to be here on this special occasion. And I'm sure you guys all know what today is, right? It's Palm Sunday. And it and today's reading was one, uh, from one of those iconic uh, Palm Sunday mes- uh, passages. But before we get into the sermon, I just wanted to ask, have you guys ever been asked a que- an important question, something that had uh, significant impact or will have significant impact on your lives? It could be, uh, what do you want to study or become later when you're an adult? Do you want to marry this guy or this girl? Or do you want to take this new opportunity for work? For me personally, that important question uh, was asked when I was in Lebanon for my two-year short-term mission, and it was asked by my directors. They were, uh, they, was, they were asking me, do you want an early return back home from your mission here in Lebanon because, uh, because it's the worldwide lockdown, you couldn't do anything for the past two months, uh, you had to shut down all your ministries, and also because your father has stage three cancer. I'm asking these questions because, as we can see in verse 10, we find an important question being asked. We see that the whole city is being stirred, and the onlookers are itching to ask, who is this? And I'm sure for some newcomers to Nawi here today, uh, you're wondering the same thing. What's so special about this Jewish guy that died 2,000 years ago, and why uh, why uh, why should it matter to me? Well, today we find that Jesus is preparing his great procession into Jerusalem. And if we use our monarch, the king in Britain, in England, uh, as a reference, it's not the way that we will expect a king to enter his kingdom. Right? Jesus tells these two disciples of his to do something in the town after Bethphage that would usually raise a few eyebrows, Right? Uh, Go and get the donkey and its colt and bring them to me. And if someone asks, what are you doing? 
Tell them that the Lord needs them. Jesus, hold on a second. You're not telling me to do what I think you're telling me to do, right? What do you mean if someone... Uh, what do you mean? Uh, tell them, don't worry. When uh, when someone asks me what I'm, what 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 we're doing, sorry. <laughs> and why would anyone let us take the donkeys? And why a donkey? Like seriously, why a donkey? However, these completely reasonable questions weren't asked. I say reasonable because I'm pretty sure if I was in their shoes, I would have been asking the same things. But the two disciples didn't ask a single question but instead they showed simple obedience and did and said as Jesus instructed. And I just, want to ask, uh, I just want to add, isn't this what simple obedience looks like? Trusting in Jesus' words of his promises to be with us, never leaving us, giving us strength, giving us the words to speak as we go out into the world, giving us full confidence and, uh, and full assurance in his enabling of us as we live our lives and proclaim the king. And as the disciples obeyed Jesus, they said, don't worry about it. The Lord needs them. We're allowed to do this. Don't worry. To the owner. The owner ends up sending his two donkeys with the disciples. Now, there's a lot of debate about this. If it was Jesus that made prior arrangements, or if it's Jesus working in the owner at that, at that time. But nevertheless, we find that the owner sent the donkey with two disciples. And while riding on these donkeys, and not at the same time, one at a time, <laughs> we see Jesus entering Jerusalem. And this great crowd going before Jesus, shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they place the cloaks and wave the palm branches and place them on the ground that he was traveling on. Now, to give a bit of context, and this passage is actually full of them, but don't worry, we'll just look at some of them, some of the important ones. Firstly, the donkey. I'm sure some of you are itching to ask, why a donkey? Why not a horse? Well, it's because the horse and the donkey in those times had two totally different meanings. The horse, on one hand, had the meaning of power, chivalry, pride, and was a symbol of war. The donkey, on the other hand, was a working animal, a farm animal, but it had the symbol of service, suffering, but it also represented humility, peace, and were even used by envoys, ambassadors of two kingdoms, to show peace. And that's why Jesus rode on, the, on, these, on these donkeys. Jesus entered as the humble, gentle, as we find in the passages, and peaceful king, ready to suffer and lay down his life for those that will come to him. Now, a lot of churches around this time, today, uh, has this tradition of waving the palm branches, and this is where we find, oh, this is where we get our tradition from. The Jews, well, they didn't just look at the palm trees and look at their own cloaks and just say, you know, said to themselves, eh, we don't have anything else. It should do, just, just whatever, it should be all right. No, there were specific meanings to the palm branch and the cloaks. The palm branch in those times meant victory, triumph, and was used to honor a king. And the cloaks had a similar meaning too. Them placing the cloaks down, 
that signified that you are worthy to be king. We recognize you as king, as our king. The crowds that were with Jesus recognized him as someone special. They were actually hopeful that Jesus is their promised Messiah, the king that would bring them victory. Because they saw what Jesus was doing in the previous chapters, right? They saw the healings, the teachings, and the miracles, which led to some of them to think that if this man, if this Jesus wasn't at least sent by God, then he couldn't do these things that he's showing us. And so as Jesus entered Jerusalem, the crowds were shouting, it's finally the day. Finally, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. See, he's even riding a donkey and his colt, just as he was prophesied. He must be the promised king. We will finally be set free. Praise the king sent by God. But their expectations and their wants skewed and distorted the true meaning of the promised Messiah. What they wanted wasn't what Jesus came for. Their version of the Messiah was a distorted one because they were under Roman occupation. They wanted someone to save them from that oppression, from that pain, by being the mighty king that would finally drive the Romans away, away from their, uh, from their holy land and set them free from this oppression so that they could worship the Lord in freedom. The one that was promised by God. They believed in the promises of God, but they wanted these promises in their own ways, in their own time. But the promises of God, as we all know, go so much further so much further than that. His timing is always perfect and his ways are always good. And Jesus came to be that fulfillment of the, uh, of the prophecies, the promises in verse 4 and 5, as we can see, as the gentle king riding on the donkey and the colt coming to his people. God kept the promises he made throughout history. God did so through his son, Jesus Christ, the word of God, God in flesh, to bear the weight of our sins to the cross, just as the donkey bore the weight of Jesus into Jerusalem. Through Jesus, God shows that he is trustworthy because all that had been promised has been fulfilled through Jesus. Which might lead us to think and ask ourselves, or the people next to us, or our pastor, what else is said about Jesus in the Bible? And that's something that we should know, right? Because if Jesus is the keeping, the fulfillment of God's promises, thus showing himself trustworthy, then the other promises, the prophecies, that have yet to come true, should affect how we live our lives as Christians. The prophecy in Zechariah we see today talks about the king's entry. And in Isaiah, we will see in the week to come about the suffering Messiah that is to be scorned and rejected by the ones he came for, put in, a just, in an unjust trial, treated cruelly, and to die a gruesome death 
on the cross, being placed there by the very people who came for, who was pierced for our sins. But in Daniel, there's this prophecy. We have a hope, the promise of an eternal king that will have dominion over all the earth. But there's one more we sometimes forget in our daily lives. And it's an important one for us as followers of Jesus. And it should shape how we live in this world. It's found in Numbers and throughout the New Testament and most prominent in, the, in Revelations. There is a promise of the returning king. Jesus will come not as the suffering, suffering Messiah, the suffering servant, but as the conquering king. He'll return on the horse. So I want to ask you guys this question. Who is this that you came to celebrate on this Palm Sunday? Who is Jesus to you? Does he give you hope for the future? A joy in your heart that you just can't explain? I'm asking you this because I want you to think and establish for yourselves who Jesus is for you as you get to know more about him through the Bible, through scriptures. Not on TikTok or Instagram. Don't go there. Um, Keep to the Bible. (laughs) Is he the one that I can fully trust in, a firm foundation for me to rely on, no matter how many times I get let down or have or have curveballs thrown at me. And when we just get the winds knocked out of us. This is an important question to answer because as I said, it affects the way we follow Christ. Are we fully trusting that God is good, is for us, hears and listens to our prayers? And even if he doesn't, Do we trust that he is still good, just and worthy and of all the praise and all the days of our lives? Or are we like the people of Jesus' time that has a distorted or incomplete image of Jesus? Like in verse 11, just a great man, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Have we fallen into the easiest trap of thinking that he's like a magic genie in a bottle that we go for to a quick fix when we want? Or worse, is he someone you won't hesitate for a moment to abandon when your wants and needs aren't met? Because that's what we'll see later in this week. The very same crowd that's singing that shouting all this praise, all this adoration, will soon be shouting, away with him, kill him. We want the sinner, not Jesus. Jesus wasn't what they wanted. But Jesus, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, was what they needed. He is what we need. So hopefully for the newcomers today, and for those that's forming an answer, I hope this wasn't too heavy. (laughs) And I hope that as you do Easter here with us at Nawi, you would leave your hearts to be vulnerable before God. Vulnerable so that as you learn more about his son, Jesus, 
and what incredible lengths he went to so that you might live in his eternal peace, receive his hope and his joy, experiencing him unhindered from your own expectations or wants, and receive his free and overwhelming love that he wants to lavish on us and cover you with his redeeming blood. It's a free gift. All we need to do is accept. That's all we need to do. And if Jesus is the king in your life, I didn't forget you guys, the one you do trust, unhindered by your own thoughts or wants, I want to ask you, how are you answering this question that I'm asking? Who is this with your lives? Because as we understand the words and the love of God, as it transforms our hearts, it should also transform and change how we live in the world. As our SMBC lecturers will simplify it, head, hearts, and hands. No one lights a lamp and hides it under a basket. Instead, it's placed on a stand to give light to everyone in the house. The same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 15, 16. Who Jesus is to you will and should affect how you engage with the world inside and outside of this church. So, again, who is Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus? Who is he? Is he the one you trust with full confidence, no matter what happens in your lives? Or what of troubles we may face as his followers? Because if Jesus wasn't our eternal king, the greatest source of our strength and peace and all our hopes, and if Jesus isn't trustworthy, I would have cut my worship of his great name to the place I was called to in Lebanon and said yes to returning. But he is all of that and so much more. He is the king, the conquering king. So, see your king is coming, gentle and humble for you, to bear your sins and to call you his own. Let us pray. Abba Father, Lord, we thank you so much for sending us, us, your son Jesus, to die for our sins, to redeem us, and to call us your own. Lord, would you guide us with vulnerable and open hearts to your voice and to your message and your words, and draw us closer to you to live our lives unified with your son. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.